Hello, my friends. Welcome to Deeper Than Dating, the best place for singles to uplevel their lives and take advantage of their single time. I'm your host, Sarah Mack, breakup and relationship coach, and I'm here to guide you to uplevel and upgrade your single life by building a deeper connection with yourself. I'm on a mission to help millennials take advantage of their single time so they can get over their past, stop settling in life, attract better relationships, and have fun while being single. On Deeper Than Dating, we will explore topics of self-development, psychology of love, relationships, and breakups, mindset, spirituality, and manifestation in order to deepen the relationship with ourselves, which is truly the secret to deeper dating. Whether you find yourself still trying to get over your ex, questioning all your relationship decisions, desiring a more fulfilling single life, or chasing your next relationship, this is the place to be. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey because the answer will be the same. Dig deeper into your connection with yourself in order to attract a better life and level up. It's not about dating. It's not about the breakup. It's not about your future. It's always deeper. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Deeper Than Dating. It's been a couple months, and I'm so excited to get into the swing of recording again and talking with amazing uh, coaches and leaders in the industry. Today, I'm speaking with Jack Tipper. He is a life and mindset coach, helping his clients find their happiness, transform their mindset, and reduce anxiety. And today we are going to be diving into and talking about how to transform and truly take control of your life. So we're going to see where this conversation goes. Jack and I have been connected for over a year on maybe a couple years, I don't know, on social media. And we're finally diving deep into these topics that we really care about and we really love helping our clients with. So welcome, Jack. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. No, I'm uh, really, really excited to uh, to get into it. It'd be good. And you have just the best voice for podcasting and the best accent. So this is really going to take things up a notch. I appreciate it. I, I would say that's the first time I've heard it, but it isn't. So I'm, I'm, I always take it as a huge compliment. Yeah, I know people say I've got a good voice for like for podcasts yeah. and stuff. So I'm like, I'll take it all day long. Do you have a podcast? Yes, I do have a podcast. <laughs> do you want me to to plug my podcast this early on? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, so my podcast is the All Things Mental podcast. I started a few months ago, and it's one of the things I'm trying to, you know, be consistent as possible. But no, I, I love it having 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 meaningful conversations with, um, you know, great people, like minded people from different sectors and different areas. I think it's really, really good, collaborative. So yeah, I love conversations like this. So I'm very much excited to get into it. Amazing. Okay, so. I want to know your story, how you came to the point that you're at and with helping people transform their lives and their confidence and mindset and everything. Yeah. Great question. It's always the, always the key one, isn't it? Well, how did this all start? How did you get here? I think it's, I was pondering on this either yesterday or the day before actually, just how I got here. And I think it's good to reflect. So I love this question. Um, I think I was walking and I was like, how did I get to helping people and you know like how did how did I get I'm just a normal guy right so um I'll start at the beginning so as a kid I just always remember being really nervous all the time being really anxious and remember being really hot when like the teacher would tell me off and just being like oh my god everyone's looking at me so anxiety was definitely there from a young age I just didn't really know what it was um 
started to obviously go out big group of friends like big group of lads boys so you know drinking was a weekly thing nothing you know like bingy but it's just kind of a normal culture for us especially in the uk um 18 up to early 20s so anxiety attacks were very regular um with alcohol but okay something's going on here mentally something's not quite right um and there was an ongoing anxiety thing for me so obviously got like counseling therapy you know self-help bits and pieces so then i was just classing myself as someone who had anxiety which later down the line isn't the best thing to class yourself as but that's obviously part of the journey um and then getting to kind of where i am now accelerate the story a little bit i had a relationship in 2018 that was one of the ones that wasn't meant to happen but it did a lot of learnings now in hindsight but at the time it didn't go so well and propelled me down a road of I w- it was the doctors classed it as mild depression, but I'd say it was a little bit heavier for a good eight, nine months. Um, and I just, yeah, it was a very low point for me. 2019 was the best year of my life. I just said yes to everything after that relationship ended. Lockdown hit 2020 with COVID. Um, and I just started walking and listening to music and just thinking and trying new things and meditating because I didn't have the gym which is a big outlet for me. Um, so that's kind of my journey before I figured out coaching was a thing. Now actually getting to the question of like the coaching side of things. So I, I posted one day on my Instagram just before Christmas time, just saying mm-hmm. like, guys, if you're struggling, try these things on Christmas day. If you're mentally strong, because I always struggle on Christmas day, because there's that expectation to be happy. Um, and sometimes I wasn't. So I gave some advice on that. And the response was crazy, crazy, crazy response. And a few months of just mental health advice video. Someone said, have you ever considered being a coach? No idea what it was. Jumped on a course, got qualified and here I am a year later. So uh, yeah, that's my story of the last probably six years condensed into a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that it started out, you know, as a child, we have these stories that we have these themes and these patterns that we carry with us because I definitely struggle with anxiety, but of course we don't really know what to call it. Like I would just always get really nervous with sports. I don't know if you played sports growing up, but like, I was like, I would like throw up every practice, every, um, race, every game. And it it was just kind of a joke of like, Oh, Sarah just gets nervous. Um, until I got older and realized, no, this is not normal. This is not, this is not a normal way to live. This is not the way to live. What really helped you like put a label on it instead of, of, like you said, identifying with, instead of saying like, oh, I'm an anxious person and like kind of separating it from who you are. So I think that was one of the key learnings, to be honest, when I started studying mindset um, Mm -hmm. and psychology and self-perception and one of the big things that i did was actually remove i changed the sentence from i'm an anxious person to i'm a person who has anxiety it's like a two it's two different things and the, the latter removes the identity which reduces the impact on one's self so that's very powerful i do that with my clients like remove the label um yeah. or remove the identity i should say and then going back to your question i think I, I, it was just such a whirlwind 
it like when I was having the anxiety attacks, it was just such a whirlwind of like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why am I always on edge? Why am I like, why are my hands feeling weird? Why am I like struggling to breathe when my girlfriend at the time says, you know, let's have an awkward conversation. I'm like going, oh my God, I'm going to die. Like that's not correct. And obviously, you know, therapy helped at the time or counseling or whatever you want to call it. Mm. But um, yeah, it was such a whirlwind. And I just wish I, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. I wish I knew now what I, how do I word it? You know, back then I wish I knew that what I knew now, basically, because I could then be like, right, okay, this is happening because of this. This is yeah. how you can help it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I say that all the time. Like, I wish I had the tools that I have now when I was a kid having this anxiety and like feeling like just always worried about what was coming up, worried about the next thing, um, stressing. Like, these need to be taught to children. Yeah, absolutely. And did you know what, though? There's an interesting, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I think it's okay. We going, can go down rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what the point of podcasts are, right? Yeah. Um, it's interesting when you say that about the whole, like, I wish I had those tools now because I don't actually regret what kind of happened to me mm-hmm. back then. Someone said to me once, you you know you've kind of got over something when you can look back at it and not regret that it happened. Mm-hmm. And I look back at my like last big relationship and look at it and go, thank fuck. Like, yeah, thank God, because I won't do what I do now. But like at the time, I'm like, why is this happening to me? Yeah, seriously, that. And that's another shift in mindset and worldview. Like, Every single thing is happening for our benefit and for our growth. It's easy to sit and re- sit and regret and and wish things would have gone differently, but we would have learned the lesson either way in another uh-huh. form. Yeah, like that's why relationships are so critical. And I know you mentioned before we got on the call that this is that is why you do what you do. Like relationships are tied to everything, whether it's your career or anything that you're in your life like it stems from relationship so your anxiety was heightened i'm guessing during this relationship like, did you know you were anxiously attached like did you know that was a thing i know like obviously now like attachment styles because my partner's mm-hmm. a, a primary school teacher and one of her um a part of her university degree she done mindfulness with children um so she looked to look into that attachment styles because it's obviously very prevalent in children um mm-hmm. also in that relationship of course but i don't really know too much about it and i definitely didn't like back then my self-awareness was just like i'm it's, i'm a different person now i don't it's a, it's a different yeah. life um I, I just put all my worth into that relationship yeah so when it ended the the certain again it's why i do what i do now because yeah the 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 worth was tied to it and you know if i, I can look back at it now quite left brain i describe it and just say look that was one section of your life you had all this other stuff going for you but i just put everything onto that breakup and it was just you know hindsight again it's ridiculous but at the time it wasn't you know it was everything yeah going back to your questions i want to have a tangent going back to your question no i didn't know about the whole attachment style issue i just knew that whenever something would come up that would risk me being single it wasn't okay what did that bring up for you because yeah. I'm I'm, ge- I'm genuinely curious because I'm very avoidant where I, I love being single, but it's also a defense mechanism. So I'm curious as an, when you're anxious and yeah, what that brings up. For a long time, I, it's obviously different now because I'm in a, you know, yeah. fantastic relationship now. And again, I do what I do and I've, you know, quit my jobs and my life is just complete. It could not be more different, but at the time, and that's kind of where I'm speaking from now, it's, um, it just went to fear. It just went to, I can't be single. Like, I can't be because I'm going to be unhappy. 
and and I just yeah. like that just that was just solidifies. It's so it was so fictitious, and I actually I, I I said this to friends at the time. The moment that I accepted being single and was fine with being single, I was happy, mm-hmm. and that was that was great. That was so great. I came off all the dating apps. I was like, I'm fine single, and I genuinely yeah. practiced believing it with like repetition of thought, and like leaning into it. And I was like, fucking, hell, I feel great. Like there's no yeah. pressure. There's no like. My worth is mine now. I'm taking all the power back. I felt like empowered as fuck. Like, it was great. And then, yeah. like everyone says, that's sounds cliche. You do attract in, you know, people because the vibration's obviously higher. Mm-hmm. Never knew that back then, like energy and stuff. But you know, it's um, yeah. It, that, that's why I love like coaching and mindset work now because it's literally you, everything's you're the puppet master. You know, you can you can play with the strings and it's really powerful. Um, but yeah, it was hard back then. It was definitely hard back then. Yeah. So, okay. So many people listening. I mean, this podcast is for geared towards singles in that exact situation, like how to get your power back, how to get to a place where you're not putting your worth on a relationship or anyone else's validation. So mm-hmm. what did you do to get to that point? Oh, I love this. I love talking about this. <laughs> so like there's a combo of things. So I'll just fire them off in case I forget to send them. I'll go off on a tangent. So one is building up your perception of yourself. So like what you love about yourself, real simple. On, on paper, simple. Um, yeah, like literally so writing build- it down. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, like definitely. Um, so yeah, in theory, it's easy. Obviously practicing is a bit more tricky depending on how hardwired your brain is to not liking yourself. Um, so that's one. So it's building up your perception of self. So then you're not, your worth is yours. Um Two, it's practicing certain thoughts in certain ways to strengthen the fact that you don't need a relationship to be happy. That's choice of thought in practice over time. Um, and it's yeah, mainly just focusing on like you know having having a life outside of a relationship. That's why it's incredibly important if you're in a relationship to have your own stuff. But you know we're not talking about that right now. Um, it is really just around recognizing that it is okay to be single for reasons a b c d all the way down to z it's whatever you choose it to be it's choice of thought i always come back to that and i think people sometimes get triggered by it because they're like oh you don't know my life and you don't know what i've been through i'm like no i don't but like what choice do you have because thinking in a such a negative way about i can't be happy single is solidifying the foundation of you being sad single and it doesn't have to be that way fact because mm-hmm. if it's because you, know, you choose it to yeah, I hope I hope that's kind of making sense of the way I'm articulating that. Definitely making sense. Um, what was coming up for me was if you and if you choose not to be happy single, regardless of whether you're single or not, you're gonna have a shitty relationship. Like if that's what you're putting your worth in, you can either, in my mind, it's like okay, learn to be happy with yourself and love yourself on your own, or have a shitty relationship and just just mm-hmm. because you don't want to be single. Like you need yeah. that base and foundation no matter if you're single or in a relationship. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It quite literally is just whatever you choose to think about. And that's why like you have to have that bit of bit of a pattern interrupt of like, oh no, it is okay to be single. And that's where the kind of revelations come from. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can then start dictating where your worth actually comes from. Um, that was a kind of big revelation for me being okay single. And I think that's where that year of not saying no came from. Like I went on like six holidays. I went to New York, Greece, Ibiza. I just went to like everywhere. I was just like, I'm doing everything. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I just feel, I felt very empowered back then, but don't get me wrong. It was so much struggle after the relationship ended. 
how long did it take you to get from, okay, relationship ended to your, yeah, where did the year of saying yes come in? Relationship ended April and then started saying yes to stuff December. So it was like eight months of feeling just what not inspired to, you to do that? Uh, it's something just switched. Uh, something like in my head just went, I can't, this is, this just can't be life right now. Like this mm-hmm. can't be it. This can't be, I can't be in bed in the dark, not wanting to Live. talk to anyone. Yeah. It, it got to that point. Yeah. Um, like, I was just like, this can't be it. Surely. Like it's just got to be more for me out there. And I just thought, well, I keep on saying no to stuff because I'm not in the mood. And I said this on another podcast and I was really happy that I said it because I said, I kind of said to myself back then, what would a non-depressed person do here? I started yeah. acting that way. And then it was like, yeah. oh, I feel quite, I feel better. Sweet. Rinse and repeat, motherfucker. Like, just just keep, keep doing that stuff. You know, what's a, what's a happy person going to do here? Do that. What's a That's non-depressed literally... person going to think about here? Think of that way, you know? Yeah. You're doing identity work, changing an identity that you had had in your mind for yourself. Mm-hmm. Powerful. So I think the year of you, you did it for a year or you just, it was just like this mindset, that switch of. Yeah. Mindset switch. Of just, I'm, I'm just going to say yes to everything. Obviously within reason I'm like into drugs or like go crazy drink. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, if yeah. that sounds fun, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of throw caution to the wind a little bit. If it costs money, screw it. I'll uh, more later down the line. It really I'm going to die one day. I'm just going to do it. And it was great. Like it was super, super powerful. Um, so yeah, then like 2019 came um i think i think that was it could have been 2017 18 i've again different life now it doesn't really matter the concept's still the same it was just eight months of feeling low and not really wanting to be who i was saying yes to everything living the life and then obviously lockdown hit like covid came along um i was i was traveling in thailand and that like really changed my perspective of stuff in in the january of covid oh no sorry i correct that in march march 2020 and then i came back and then three days later it was in lockdown so i learned a lot in thailand about just like life money values things like that then lockdown happened that was another life-changing experience for everyone yeah um, and then like now we're here so yeah a lot of thought pattern changes a lot of identity shifts but um yeah looking back a lot of lessons did come from that period of being single and being not okay with it then okay with it then learning my self-worth and now I like won't settle for anything less than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like once you see the light on the other side, you can't go back. Won't want to anyway. I think there's just like, you're just so, you're just, the whole self-worth thing I personally think is like a decision at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, And you can relate to being single. So if you're like single right now, I'm, I'm just trying to picture if I was single right now, I, I'm I'm super happy in a relationship. 100% I much prefer it. Um, obviously yeah. in a happy relationship. Um, if I was single right now, I would just be really practicing thinking I am worth this, like I'm worth 110%. I'm worth, you know, being made to feel special. I'm worth um, effort. I'm worth romanticizing. I'm worth um, affection, all these things, because you. Ch- a client of mine had a bit of trouble with this in terms of, am I worth this stuff? Am I yeah. worth, what do you believe? Like do you do you do you want to believe you're worth it? Then just practice thinking in that way, and it can just give you that sense of empowerment, so that your next relationship isn't going to be, fingers crossed, it, you know, in terms of what you can control, it's not going to be really shitty. If you know you're worth, then you can leave it without attaching everything to. Oh, I need to not be single right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was going to be my question. Is someone who like this is really deep rooted stuff, deep rooted, especially depending on someone's childhood of. Oh yeah. So 
if you do have someone that's resistant, how can you take it a step further to really hammering this in, hammering these changes in, like changing, actually changing the brain. Like if someone's like, I just do not believe that I'm worth, mm, you know, yeah. the love, the, the, the love that that couple has, like, I don't believe I can have that. So this is obviously where being a coach is incredibly helpful. And I think as coaches, it's really easy for us to say these things. Sometimes there's a great question yeah. you've asked because like right now I'm talking about everything that's like the click of a finger. Isn't it's so not sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important to highlight that. Um, a lot of this stuff is subconscious too. Like you said, stuff, some stuff can happen in childhood and also like our imprint years, like six, seven, eight, nine. Um, that is subconscious. Yeah. So the subconscious is leading all of these beliefs where, you know, values and beliefs are, which is hard to do by yourself. You can look to reprogram that. Um, obviously I do it with my clients with like timeline therapy and like, you know, going back and revisiting memories and, but we we can talk about beliefs real quick because I've said I can't sit here and do timeline therapy on all, all the listeners because that's a physical impossibility, but we can talk about beliefs because that's a really interesting thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you may, I'm assuming, you know, not to insult your intelligence, I'm assuming you know about the concept of beliefs. And what's when when I heard this phrase, it was like, oh my God, it's so true. A belief is just a firmly held opinion and opinions mm-hmm. can change. It's just like the Santa Claus analogy, you know, like kids believe in Santa Claus like wholeheartedly until they find evidence to suggest that he's probably not real. And then they change their opinion and they don't believe in him anymore. So that's mm-hmm. just a perfect like formula. Um, so if anyone legitimately is sitting there thinking, oh, I don't believe that I'm worthy of love. Okay, great. We can change that. It might yeah. be easy. It might be tricky, but there is factually, it's just a firmly held opinion because um, you probably believed that you liked someone one day and they said something horrible, then you believe that they were horrible because of an opinion. You know, it's, it's the same sort of formula as a kid living in Santa Claus. So a way in which, again, it's tricky, it's helpful doing it with someone like a coach or a therapist, et cetera, but you can kind of sit there and think, okay, well, where did this belief come from? When was the earliest time I, f- I, f- I, f- I felt this belief? Um, and, you know, sometimes that comes from childhood, right? Maybe kid, the, 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 that person as a child didn't receive love from their parents. And then all throughout the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years, they thought, wow, this has been my whole life. I've never got love. So I'm obviously not worthy of it, right? And then you can sit there and challenge it. And I can challenge it with things such as, okay, well, as a kid, did you know any better? Nah. Was you in a position to challenge it? No. Even if you asked for love as a child, were you going to get it? Maybe not because your parents had their own intentions. So is that your fault? No. Okay. So we're challenging all the foundations of this belief that you hold. Then you can really challenge it and just like kind of get some cracks in the foundation, that concrete. And then you start doing some affirmation work. You start doing some subconscious work. Like, what do you want to believe? Okay. Well, I want to believe I'm worthy of love. Lovely. Pen and paper write that down constantly every day brush your teeth with your left hand or your opposite hand and look in the mirror and say you're worthy of love you're retraining your subconscious um give me evidence to suggest that right now in this moment you cannot be loved like factual evidence like pure concrete factual evidence is going to be really tricky to give me some of that evidence so therefore there is evidence that you can be loved right because if you're struggling and you probably can be loved so these are just different examples of things that you can do to boost that self-talk and like edge it in a way of thinking oh i can be loved yes you can practice thinking that way over and over again brain's like a muscle 
in his repetition. So thinking yeah. that way can really help. I know that was a lot to digest, but it's just a few different examples and the um, there's the concept of, of repetition and thinking a certain way, if, if, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. When you're talking about timeline therapy, they can identify their earliest memory of maybe when this belief came about, like when did you start to believe this? And of course, working with the subconscious, it's like you have to silence the monkey mind and see Mm -hmm. what comes up quickly. And then once we have a belief or we're told something we are about our identity in childhood, our brain is going to look for evidence to support that our entire life. So of course, like you said, it just gets cemented in to a belief that was originally an opinion. So I feel like finding the evidence and taking action to support that evidence that you want is so important to also progress it with changing the belief. Because yeah, like it, like you said, it takes so much repetition to change a neural pathway. Like it can get really boring. So it's like, you just have to keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just repetition. You're hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. My favorite new um, routine that I recommend for my clients is to just set a 10 minute timer and look in the mirror, like sit in the mirror and give yourself a pump up. Like you are your own coach or like you're talking to your inner child or you're talking to someone you really love. Like, what would you tell them? just to set a timer and to say as many nice things about yourself and like looking yourself in the eye in the mirror, because the first couple of times it feels so awkward and like, and cringy and you're, and you want to resist it because we don't, we don't do these things. We don't love ourselves enough. Yeah. To get new results, you need to do new things like and do new Mm -hmm. actions. So it's the same thing. It's like telling someone, who doesn't love themselves to write down all the things they love about themselves. And they're like, Oh really? I'm like, okay, there is your example of why you're not loving yourself because thinking about loving yourself is sticky and uncomfortable. So we need to do uncomfortable things. Um, So, you know, it's like, let's give another, another example, similar to what you just said there about if you're single and you want to feel like you're worthy of love, I want you to write down I'm worthy of love as many times obviously throughout the day as you can, but also write down some evidence, like help yourself out, like write down evidence of why you are worthy of love and and a good partner. Because the more you can do that, the easier it will get, the easier you can believe you are worthy of love and you'll start to believe it. And when you say it like that, it's like, well, duh, obviously. I'm like, no, it works. (laughs) Like just give it a go and practice it. And it's, I think is hearing that sometimes can hopefully give people an element of comfort that they are in control um, and they're not dictated by their past. Because if that was the case for me, you know, my last relationship was, you know, got into a relationship, fell head over heels in love with someone. Who I thought, oh my God, they're so much better than me. How I've, I've struck absolute mm-hmm. gold here. And then we out, out the relationship and then they actually got back in touch. We got back together. So I thought, mm, okay, I'll give it another go error obviously went south again um and i was like right well i'm not gonna make this mistake for the third time but you know i could have i could have then just said well you know relationships aren't for me i've given it a couple of good goes now and i've obviously failed so it's obviously me that's me choosing to believe it and who's going to be the number one sufferer of that situation Mm -hmm. it's going to be me so that that's just yeah it's just a waste of my time energy and emotion so i'm going to try and think in the other way 
you know, and you go back to the things we said before and you just lean into the other way of thinking, go down that route instead. And it's incredibly empowering to 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 do that. And then once you get on the other side, it's um yeah, it's uh I won't settle for any less now that I'm worth. And old me couldn't say that. But now I can say it comfortably that I won't settle for anything less than I think I'm worth. Um, and I now get that, which is I'm incredibly grateful for. And I've got an amazing partner right now, but that's because I deserve to to have an amazing partner. Now, someone like me back in the day thought, oh God, how ignorant and up your own arse are you saying that you're only deserving, you know, a great partner? But I'm like, well, have fun finding one if you're going to think that way, old Jack. Yeah. Like, that's just so not helpful for you. It's, it's whatever I choose to think of, uh, you know, yeah, old, younger Jack. That's not going to help, is it? <laughs> okay. So, how long have you and your current partner been together? Um, it was actually a year on the 16th of October. So it's just over a year now. Okay. So tell me about Jack three months leading up to that, up to getting together. Oh, good question. Okay. So let me think back. So that was last year, of course, a couple of months before. What was I doing last year? Ah, yeah. So I was seeing I was seeing someone else and that that really not say messed me up a bit not as bad as the actual like relationship relationship I was talking about before but that I really felt like I'd found someone who I really clicked well with and that was like a hopes up they weren't you know seeing it long term as so wanted to deal with that but the bounce back was so much quicker and that's because I'd, I'd done so much work on myself which was testament to putting my worth up which is brilliant but the three months leading up to it yes I mean the three months before I was seeing that person a year before it that was that was kind of coming out of the other end of lockdown i think god isn't it interesting i've had such a massive life change in the last year my old life is very hazy of timelines it's really interesting that no one's ever asked me that before but you know i'm asking right in terms of my headspace towards like relationships well yeah i i just feel like there's this pattern of when people attract the healthy relationship or the healthy love that they want of like who they were at that time yeah, that's a really good point. And I think just before I met my current partner, I was at a good spot. I was in a happy spot. So my vibrations were definitely high and I was attracting in things that were good for me because I believed I was worthy of that. So yeah, it's definitely, again, testament to practicing thinking in such a positive way. Um, and that again was, again, repetition of thought, you know, just being really happy with who I was, looking in the mirror saying, you're the shit. Like you're really good at this, 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 rather than focusing on I'm bad at that, that, that. It's just, you know, repetition of thought. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely learning a lot more about energy these days, like vibrations mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I was always Love against it. it, but I'm like now like, actually, this actually makes quite a bit of sense. Well, you had planted the seeds, you know, after your last, your year of yes, like you started planting the seeds and it's like, it can take a year, two years for things to actually set in and integrate where you like look back and you're all of a sudden this new version of yourself. Like it's not overnight, but you can start planting the seeds today. And now yeah. it's like, you don't even remember that version of yourself because you are just, you're in a great relationship. You're doing, you're following your calling. So it's like, that's just a different life now, but you had done the work to plant the seeds and it wasn't overnight. Someone, someone, I don't know if they said it directly to me or I saw it once and they said, think of all the things that you want in an ideal partner. Like, you know, yeah. they're in good shape. They are, they're kind, they're caring, they're thoughtful, they're attentive, they're a good listener. And they said, right, great. Set number two, be that yeah. first. And it's like, once you can build it and it goes back to being okay single because you're 
doing all of the things that you want to find in a part and then like attracts like back to the energy thing and it's like i started doing all those things first and i was being a guy that if i was obviously i'm you know heterosexual so if i was a girl i'd i'd love me as a person so i mm -hmm. then wanted to be that person because then i would attract what i would like in a partner and mm -hmm. if that kind of makes sense and it's like i've never really thought about this before it's such a good conversation um and now looking at it i'm like well it's actually no surprise that i've met someone who i think is like incredibly attractive and uh, sometimes i'm like what how the hell have i done this and i'm like well mm -hmm. actually you know i've i've got in much better shape i'm you know I, I like certain features about myself and i feel yeah. like if i practice focusing on the negative features of myself i probably wouldn't have attracted someone who had a good i don't know how to articulate this but i'm kind of making sense in my head it's yeah it really does come down to your perception of yourself because then you project it onto yeah. the kind of partner you're looking for so ultimately in a nutshell if i was to summarize this in layman's terms work on your own perception of yourself value yourself before you start putting your worth towards a relationship and then i just think that is absolutely foolproof hard but i think foolproof i don't know if you'd agree with that yeah definitely um i think joe dispenza says that of the make your list of what you want in a partner and then become the list Love I mean, it. I'm sure that I'm sure there's lots of people that say it. Yeah. And it really goes back to, okay. So if you, if we want love, we have to feel love. That's why it's so important to love what you do every day. Love your life, love yourself, like the feeling of love because our subconscious doesn't know words. It knows feelings, mm. right? like how we feel. So like it goes back to the energy of what we attract. So if you want to be with someone who's fit, active, like how does that make you feel? Like how can you feel that in your own life? It doesn't necessarily matter what you're doing. It matters how you're feeling and you're going to attract that. So it's like, it is just goes back to the feeling, feelings of like attracting like. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. There's a there's a common trend, isn't there? The concept of romanticizing your own life. I think that's a great way yeah. to go. Like, if you mm -hmm. are single and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm like looking for someone right now or not. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Like, work on being happy with you. I say this to clients sometimes. I'm like, my goal is to help you be as happy and confident as you can, whether you've got a job or not, whether you've got a house or not, whether you've got a partner or not. I don't care. Because if we can make you be happy with who you are, all the other stuff is an extra. Like a relationship is supposed to add to your life. It's not supposed to be that gap and, you know, make up the shortfalls. No, 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 that's not, we don't want like a codependency here. It's, you know, something that you need to romanticize your own life. And that's not to sound very like woo-woo and Instagrammy and hashtag it. It's like, no, just make a life that you love by yourself, regardless whether anyone's in it or not. And if you want someone, cool, take steps to go towards it. And I know I'm making it sound super easy and simple, it's not sometimes, but why would I not think to articulate it and say it in a way that makes it sound simple? Because then it can be digestible for people to go, oh, there is a way. Because this random guy on a podcast is saying it is. I'm like, yeah, listen to me. Give it a go. Like, Make a life that you love by yourself, regardless of if anyone else is in it with you. Because then you'll find it easier to attract someone that likes you and you like them back. Yeah, I always tell my clients, like, the person's going to come you're going to find that you're going to get in a relationship. Like getting into a relationship is easy. It's mm -hmm. becoming the person that you want to become. That's the work. And then everything else is just going to be attracted to you like a magnet. 
So it's like, yeah. you can be at this level where, you know, you're not doing the work or, and you can attract this level of relationship, or you can do the work and be at this level and you're going to and just wait a little bit longer, like just delay the gratification and do the work. And you're going to attract this way better life and relationship because you're actually elevating your own life. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, like doing the work beforehand is actually going to save you a pain in the ass yeah. when you get in the relationship. And it's also going to add to things. So for example, let me just take confidence and anxiety as my two key buzzwords, right? So if I hadn't have worked on my anxiety and didn't feel confident going into this relationship, I'd be insecure. I wouldn't have uncomfortable conversations. I'd overthink. I'd worry about them going out all because I didn't feel comfortable in who I was as a person. And it would be projected mm -hmm. onto, oh, who are you texting? Or where are you going tonight? Or like, mm -hmm. I need to have this uncomfortable conversation. Oh, no, because if I do, they're going to break up to me. I'm going to be single and homeless. Well, that's how my brain's going to go. But, you yeah. know, I've you, you, it's so much more beneficial to have your own routines, have your own hobbies, make connections outside of a relationship, i.e. whilst you're single. Um, work on your insecurities. Get yourself to such a higher standard that, you know, people can either take you or leave you and you're okay with that. That's That's the power level you want. And it's such a powerful place to be. Like, I, I love being in that place, but I'm now in that place in a relationship. I'm like winning both ends and I've only yeah. got me to thank. Hence why I can celebrate it, you know? Yeah. Becoming secure, the secure mm -hmm. attachment. How do you become the most confident version of yourself? So there's two ways. There's two, there's two ways in which you can think about confidence in this one in situations and one just naturally by yourself so the situational thing is confidence is based on competence in a certain area so like for example my partner is a teacher right and she looks at what i do in the online space and jumping on podcasts and speaking to groups of people she's like, how can you do that like you're so confident i wish i could do that and i'm like put me in front of 30 kids i guarantee you're more confident than i am so it's a situational thing i think it's great for people to hear that um mm -hmm. because then they go oh i'm just not confident in a certain area so first things first if you want to be more confident in an area grow your competency like lean into it practice it get better at it you will become more confident congratulations that's a learning for you go away and practice it that's one. That's an e that's a real easy one to articulate and uh, digestible for people. Uh, the second one is internal confidence, um, and that's broken down into three things. And they're three things that are actionable, which is another great thing to hear, I think. Anyway, so if you want to become more confident, you need to one speak to yourself internally way better than you are right now. Two, you need to physiologically and physically sit stand walk run move talk laugh sing whatever in a much more confident way and then three you need to use the power of imagination so if i if you gave me mrs smith jane smith as you use generic name and she was like basically a mannequin so she was just like emotionless and we said okay right task number one make jane smith mannequin lady more confident right now she's super vanilla I'm like, okay, cool. Golden. So first things first, I want to know what Jane Smith is thinking right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to drip feed gradual confident thoughts into her head. So say she's like got a first date next week. Okay, beautiful. Perfect example. From now until date night next week, I want Jane to think about everything that she'd love to think about if she was a confident person. So I want Jane to be like, God, my hair looks good. My figures are amazing. My choice, my choice in clothing is like chef's kiss. All this confident stuff. 
Now we have about 70, I don't know who counted, 70,000 thoughts a day, something like that. Um, we can pick a lot of them that are confident and we can repeat them. Our brain is going to like fire them really quickly like they're natural. You've just become 33% more confident because you're thinking in a confident way. So positive self-talk, boost that. Remove any negative thoughts or just try not to focus on them too much. Easier said than done, but it can be practiced. Body language. So it, you could ask any adult this, you know, typically describe to me an unconfident person. That's even a word that say slouch shoulders, chest in, chin in, you know, like quite shrouded, quite, they look quite nervous. Okay, cool. Do the opposite. Do the yeah. opposite. But it is, you're going to feel more confident. My chest is up. If I'm throwing my hands around, I'm smiling. I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll mix my words up, but I won't care. I'll laugh it off. Like it's all about how you move and how you act. So if you can act in a more confident way, fake it, move it, do it like that and repeat it over time. So that's another mm -hmm. uh, confidence stack. And then the power of imagination. So if we can think more confidently, if we can go into that date that Jane Smith has got next week, if she can think about the date going well and she's feeling like it's going to go good, she's you know going to get a second date. The, the guy's going to lean in for the kiss. The guy or girl's going to lean in for a kiss. The guy or girl's going to buy them a drink. Think in that way. Because you're going to go into it with an optimistic mindset and you're going to be like, okay, this is going to go great. Congrats, you're more confident. So if you can think in a more confident way and use that confidence triad of intentional thought, um, positive body language and imagination, you're going to feel more confident. You can practice that every single day whether you're around people or not. So they're the two quote-unquote um, formulas or procedures to be more confident. But the big... the the big thing for me, again, comes down to repetition of thought, but it's just how would you talk to your bestest friend or your partner or someone that you really loved or your your um, parent or grandparent or, or kid? You'd big them up all the time. You'd be the biggest cheerleader. Do it to yourself. Like, just do it to yourself. And it might feel uncomfortable to start off with, but if you can sit there or stand there every single day and go, you're great, you're good, you're a good person, you're kind, you know, you're funny, you're really good at your job, you're caring, you you listen to people really well, just find all these qualities. You're going to start to like yourself, maybe even love yourself, who knows? And I'd argue if you loved yourself and you were thinking in a certain way positively and moving in a certain way and you practice your skills in these certain areas, that to me just sounds like someone who's more confident. It, it, that's just how i go about it so it's, it's practice it's thinking in a certain way taking action to get better in certain things and just thinking that you can be confident it's a belief i don't know if that's a, a good answer to your question no i kind of there's a lot there to digest Definitely. but well we will consistently show up with what we believe ourselves to be with our identity so we you have to change who you believe yourself to be and everything you just said is is the change mm-hmm like acting as if I think it can help to have an example, maybe someone you admire, like thinking, okay, what would they do? Um, how would they show up? And what are their daily routines? Like, how do you think they talk to themselves? Mm -hmm. But my question is, that's coming to mind is, do you feel like there's, I feel like there's so much comparison happening that it's leading people to stay to get even more down on themselves. So like we were talking about romanticizing your life, you mm -hmm. see TikToks, you get inspired, but where's the limit to that? Because I could see how it could have a downturn. If we're talking about comparison specifically, 
you are a mind reader because unless you saw my Instagram story earlier, I was literally talking to a client about no. this. Today you didn't? Okay, amazing. Yeah, maybe it was just I just think there. about this for my for myself as well and my clients. Yeah, I love it. So I practice for years now not comparing myself to other people. Mm-hmm. It's really easier said than done. And I said it to a client today because we had a client. So as I had a client call um, on Monday and we were talking about comparison. So I set the scene to give a bit of context. She had a breakup um, earlier on this year and she was in a bit of a mood, a bit of a funk last week and she went onto his Instagram, had a bit of a feeling like she, he, you know, yeah, exactly. Went on his followers and following and saw a bit of a correlation oh and one girl stood out and it was like, okay, let's address this and talk about it. And in this moment, she saw the girl and she's like, actually, I feel quite good about myself because I'm not, and I'm not really liking the way she moves. I'm like, okay, cool. If I was a bad coach or maybe just one of your girlfriends, I'd be like, yeah, you know, fuck yeah. her. She's, and I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to challenge the shit out of this right now. So I said, look, fair play. This time it worked in your favor. You saw someone who you perceived maybe wasn't as good as you. Now that's not really the vibration we want to be moving at because you're feeling good because someone else is feeling not as good. That's a no bueno. Put that to one side. What happens next time if you compare yourself to his next girlfriend and she is in your eyes a 10 out of 10, you're going to feel shit. So let's try to reduce that as much as physically possible. But I then got onto the concept of comparison, which is going back to your question. So two things I addressed in this conversation of comparison. Number one, I said, so I'm into the gym. Right. I, I like the concept of like, you know, getting bigger muscles. I just like that physique for a guy. So I'd, you know, ideally like to look like that. Right. If I saw a guy in the gym who had bigger biceps than me, a broader back, great quads, I'm going to look at him in comparison mode and think, fuck, I look like shit. Now that is removing all of the hard work that I've done on myself. And I'm completely removing all the power, all the wins, all the celebrations, all the admiration for myself. I'm, I'm throwing all of that away because matey boy has got some big biceps. That's ridiculous. That is just outright silly. So it, it, I, mean, I don't even need to say any more of it. If, if, if you're comparing your short quote unquote shortfalls to someone else's less shortfalls and bigger wins, you're just shooting yourself down intentionally. So that's one reason why we shouldn't compare. I also then gave her another perspective and I said, okay, now this is me being a little bit like exaggerating, but I personally felt like it was a, a helpful perspective shift on comparison so i use the same example i said okay i'm going to compare myself to mr biceps over there and i'm going to be like god i wish i was him because the size of his arms i wish i was that guy over there but what i'm not factoring in is all the things that i don't know about this guy does he have a load of debt is he got like a drug addiction does he even have a job that i've got is he in a relationship that i'm happy with like if i'm comparing why not stop at the bottom like why stop at the biceps I'll tr- I might as well trade everything in, right? I'll trade all my problems for his problems, right? I'll trade my bank account for his bank account. But I don't know what the situation is there. So that then, to me, kind of questions the foundation of comparison because why am I only fixating on one thing that I want that I don't have? It's yeah. like it's it's like everything's to my disposal. I can choose what I compare. So I kind of threw all these things at her and it was like, wow comparison is really a bastard i was like yes yes it is it really is removing the joy of your own life and focusing on the shortfalls rather than i've got big biceps i don't care about him i've i've done a lot of work on myself now it's it's choosing that thought so that's why the comparison gig needs to reduce in its uh um 
like how many times we do it on a day-to-day basis as human beings. Yeah. I just got a pit in my stomach when you were saying she looked at her ex's ex's Instagram and I just because the our brain is going to make up stories mm-hmm. and you're going to sit in those stories and 99% of those stories are going to be untrue and we're going to yep. hang on to them. Just don't. And they're going to suck as well. The, th- the thoughts your... are going to suck. Yeah, they're all going to you're going to be so negative and that's cuz you chose to do it and then your brain is not always helpful. It's yeah. suck. So why don't you just go, "Nah, I'm going to focus on what I'm like working on right now." That's positive. From a tangible perspective of like actual social media, if there's someone that you maybe admire or there's a lot of people that you look up to but you find yourself comparing too much like would you just stop following i'd say you've got two choices one's low-hanging fruit and one is repetition so one is unfollow it if you can't trust yourself and then two is great word you said admiration that's exactly what i said i've done a follow-up voice note to my client and said there's a difference between comparing and admiring so you can compare it and say god they're really good looking and finish the thought there that's Mm -hmm. gonna make you feel like shit or you can say god they're really good looking i wonder what they what i wonder what skincare they do or i wonder like what exercise they do that's admiration that's that's like finding some learnings that you can develop yourself that's you know choosing certain thoughts so yeah one unfollow it because social media yeah. can be incredibly like easy to compare or two, keep it, challenge yourself. And <laughs> do you know what? Again, it, it circles back to work on your perception of yourself because if I'm really happy with myself, why do I need to compare myself to Mr. Biceps? I don't need to because I'm good with me. Okay. Last topic that I know you talk about that I love talking about is mm-hmm. you talk about building discipline and, mm-hmm. um, routines and habits for success how can someone do that um so there's a couple of ways like one you just kind of get clear on what you want to do there's still many different ways you can talk about it so one is like routine and terms of outside of work discipline is obviously another conversation and i i, I link discipline with like self-respect which mm-hmm. is really yeah. positive so if someone struggles with discipline, I normally ask them, is there anyone that you respect? And regardless whether it's a yes or a no, and they give me a personal, they don't. I'm like, okay, well, do you want to respect yourself? The answer is probably going to be yes. If it's not, I'm challenging it forever. I said, okay, well, you want to respect yourself. Well, your discipline needs to be higher because you need to hold yourself to a higher standard. So yes, that looks like building your dream business because you really fucking want it. And yes, it looks like putting the washing away straight away because you hold yourself to a higher standard that your house is going to be clean. Um, so practicing discipline is going to make you respect yourself more because you do what you say you're going to do. So it's incredibly helpful. It's not just about someone waking up at 5 a.m. and going to the gym. It's not just about that. It's, it's the positive impact it has on your mentality. Um, so that's discipline, like a surface-level conversation. Discipline is built very simply by just consistently doing the things you don't want to do, but doing them regardless. Um, mm-hmm. Cause then you can really trust and back yourself in all facets of life. And then if you compare that to having a solid daily routine, you're a winner. So, you know, if you're working at nine to five, look at things you're doing from 5am to 9am and 5pm to 9pm. So that the hours after and before your work shift and think, okay, well, what am I doing here to fill up my own cup? What am I doing? doing to make myself feel good what am i doing to challenge myself because humans we need a bit of challenge um you know what can i do to serve other people 
How can I be kind? And again, all of these things you're doing are making you feel good about yourself. So do those things rather than activities that take things away from you, like take away your energy, et cetera. So they're just things to think about and implement and take away, et cetera. Start building that confidence, Mm -hmm. repetitive, talk to yourself, all the things. Yeah, it's repetition. It's repetition of thought and action. So it's a two-pronged approach. Think in the right way and take the aligned action of the things you want to do. That to me sounds like a brilliant way to go to improve your lifestyle and to be more confident. Or don't, but stay the same. And that sucks. So don't do that. Okay. One little fun question. What is Mm -hmm. something on your bucket list that you want to do in the next year? Travel to Japan is a big one. And maybe Australia, probably Australia. Quit the job, quit the nine to five job was up the top of the list, but that's happened now. So I kind of need to think of a new goal. Mm -hmm. The traveling is a big one. No, let me give you another one though. Because that's not, that's boring. Traveling's boring. (laughs) <laughs> what is on my bu- my bucket list? Or maybe it is traveling to Japan because I think that's such a high value of mine that's obviously quite scary because it costs a lot of money and it's you know taking time out. And I think in line with my values, I need to do stuff that's uncomfortable. So no, actually, I'm, I'm going to stick with traveling because there's going to be a point where I've got a family and stuff is going to be quite tricky to do those things. And I need to put those yeah. values first because it fills up my cup and I'm going to die one day. And I use that analogy a lot to do the things that like are scary and made me want to do it so mm-hmm. the big two words fuck it i'm just gonna do it love it yeah and that was your immediate you said it quickly so you gotta go with that one yeah and it was like quitting the job as well like it was it was i need i felt like it was an obligation tom hardy said that once in an interview he said if you're good at something and it serves a community and you're good at it, it's like a moral obligation to mm. do it so i was like i can't not quit the job I can't. Yeah. Can't not do it because I'm I'm then not serving people. I'm not serving myself. I'm going to be 80, 90, 100 years old looking back and went, you idiot. You idiot. You stay out of that job. You donut. Quit, man. And I quit. So it's like traveling, you know? So when I went to Thailand, it's like, I'm just going to do it. Scary, but yeah. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. You just know in your gut you have to. Oh, yeah. Instincts big time. So yeah, the traveling is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Tell our listeners where they can find you, connect with you and what you have to promote right now. Yeah. So if you like my dulcet tones, um, my Instagram is probably where I'm at most of the time is Jack Tipper underscore life coach is my handle. Um, I have a podcast, all things mental podcast on Spotify or Apple, but I love to connect to people on Instagram. I love chit chat and a voice note in on there about problems. There's no one I won't really talk to unless you're trying to sell me appointment setting, then go away. Um, <laughs> but I uh, head over to my Instagram and right now I, I do have slots available for one-to-one coaching. Um, so again, if you want to hear me rabbit at you for an hour a week, feel free. Um, but I've got some stuff in the pipeline potentially for new year. So in time for New Year's resolutions, that should be quite fun. Um, but right now it's just yeah, helping people, getting creative of content and having good conversations just like this one. So that's where you can reach me. Well, thank you, Jack, for joining me. This was uh, so much fun. I feel like we could have even talked for so much longer. So we'll have mm-hmm. you on again. Um, and good luck with everything. I know you have a lot of things happening in your world and changes coming. So thank you for being here. No, thank you, sir. It was an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to come back already. Thank you so much.
Okay. Thanks everyone for listening and we will talk next time. Bye.